الحمد لله الحمد لله في السراء والحمد لله في الضراء والحمد لله حين البأس والحمد لله على كل حال وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله الذي أحاط بكل شيء علما وهو على كل شيء قدير والله غالب على أمره ولكن أكثر الناس لا يعلمون وأشهد أن سيدنا وهادينا وحبيبنا محمدا صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبد الله ورسوله ولقد نعلم أنك يضيق صدرك بما يقولون فسبح بحمد ربك وكن من الساجدين واعبد ربك حتى يأتيك اليقين من يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا مضل له ومن يعص الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا هادي له اللهم اجعلنا من الذين يستمعون القول فيتبعون أحسنه أما بعد Dear committed brothers and sisters committed to Allah's power and authority We are in the first ten days of the month of Al-Muharram the first month in the Islamic calendar and over the weekend some of us will be very conscious in their own way of the 10th of Al-Muharram the day in which a tragedy unfolded but not without a reason and not without a purpose unfortunately that reason and that purpose are lost on us and I think you are familiar with the way I give my khutbahs sometimes the pitch of the voice increases and that is attributed to the emotions that are trailing the ideas this occasion the 10th of al-muharram there are emotions and there are no ideas unfortunately or there there are no emotions and no ideas it's a problem that we have I want to begin this khutbah by reminding you and myself of the ayat in the Quran that configure a committed Muslim to be antithetical with injustice and oppression. A Muslim who commits himself or herself to Allah Jalla wa'ala cannot combine in his or her life elements of mistreating others aggressing against others waging 
wars against others, of course in an illegal way, and much of we see happening around us. Some of the ayat in the Quran وَلْتَكُمْ مِنْكُمْ أُمَّةٌ يَدْعُونَ إِلَى الْخَيْرِ وَيَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَيَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ The ayah from Surah Ali Imran says Let there be from among you a consolidated group of people who will solicit the attention of people to what is good and what is prosperous and who will authorize the ma'roof give the value of al-ma'roof its standing in society وَيَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ and to delegitimize the munkar to do away with all facets of munkar in society وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ for indeed they are successful and forward moving on al-sirat al-mustaqeem the sirat al-mustaqeem that in every salah we mention in our life we are on a sirat mustaqeem on a straight forward path and direction but when we have the predominance the preponderance of munkar and then when we have the withering away of al-ma'roof in society, in the media, in the public mind, in behaviors of individuals, in many aspects of life, the munkar has imposed itself. And the ma'roof, in the best of conditions, remains ethereal, hypothetical, idealistic. Well, it's not supposed to be like that. Even the understanding of the word al-ma'roof and the word al-munkar, the simple understanding of it has not been worked out by us. We're speaking in English, and the mainstream translation of this to enjoin what is good and to forbid what is bad. This is a very primitive translation and it could be misleading in the hands of those who want to do the Muslims harm. Another ayah in the book of Allah says, "Inna Allah ashtara min al-mu'minin anfusahum wa amwalahum bi anna lahum al-jannah. Yuqatilun fi sabili Allahi fayqtulun wa yuqtalun wa'dan alayhi haqqan fi al-Tawrat wal-Injil wal-Quran. Waman awfa bi'ahdihi min Allah." فَاسْتَبِشِرُوا بِبَيْعِكُمُ الَّذِي بَايَعْتُمْ بِهِ وَذَلِكَ هُوَ الْفَوْزُ الْعَظِيمُ This ayah, we've covered it many times previously and I think you're familiar with it so we will go beyond translating it. Another ayah in the Quran says يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا هَلْ أَدُلُّكُمْ عَلَى تِجَارَةٍ تُنْجِيكُمْ مِنْ عَذَابٍ أَلِيمٍ تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولَهِ وَتُجَاهِدُونَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ بِأَمْوَالِكُمْ وَأَنفُسِكُمْ ذَلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ يُدْخِلْكُمْ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ 
ومساكن طيبة في جنات عدن ذلك الفوز العظيم وأخرى تحبونها نصر من الله وفتح قريب وبشر المؤمنين Another ayah in the Quran says فَضَّلَ اللَّهُ الْمُجَاهِدِينَ عَلَى الْقَاعِدِينَ أَجْرًا عَظِيمًا And many ayat in the Quran that raise our understanding and deepen our involvement in the issues around us. We're not created to live in the margins. Today's Muslim psychology and mentality and therefore behavior does not meet these standards. And on this occasion, on the 10th of Muharram, let me be frank, excessively frank. And I, I don't want anyone to be upset. That's why I'm going to lower the pitch of my voice so that those who are listening, and I know this khutbah is tuned into over the internet. The Prophet of Allah, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and his. Says, Man mata ala hubbi ali Muhammad, or Man mata ala hubbi ali bayti Rasulillah, mata shahida. Whoever dies with an affection to the household of the Messenger of Allah dies as a martyr. Mata maghfuran lahu. He dies or she dies with their offenses in life being defaced, effaced. Mata wa fi He or she dies and is greeted by the angels in their final resting place, in the grave. مَاتَ وَفِي قَبْرِهِ بَابٌ يُؤَدِّ بِهِ إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ After death, after he or she dies, there is a door, an access in his burial site towards الْجَنَّةِ وَمَنْ أَبْغَضَ آلَ مُحَمَّدٍ فَهُوَ آيِسٌ مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ and whoever hates the household and affiliates of Muhammad dies in despair. There's no hope for him concerning Allah's grace and mercy. Another hadith from Allah's Prophet says, lima bihi ni'am. Be in a state of affection with Allah because of the plentiful blessings and bounties that he has given you. وَأَحِبُّونِي The Prophet is saying, وَأَحِبُّونِي لِحُبِّ اللَّهِ And have affection towards me, love me because of your love of Allah. وَأَحِبُّ أَهْلَ بَيْتِي لِحُبِّي And love and have affection for the members of my household because of me. An ayah in the Qur'an, you see these are the hadiths and the ayat reverberate. قُلْ The ayah in Surah Ali Imran. قُلْ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهِ 
say, O Muhammad, to the public, if you adore Allah, follow me, and he will adore you. If you love Allah, follow me, and Allah will love you. Now, <clears throat> this leads us, these issues, now what you're going to hear from me, I'm trying as much as possible not to have any type of emotion embedded in my voice. <clears throat> I want you to think about what is being said. Put your emotions aside. That all of that comes later. What happened early on in Islamic history is we had the first illegitimate ruler of Muslims called King Muawiyah. The first illegitimate ruler of Muslims. So we, now we had a king, Malik. They call, he's called Khalifa because he had the power to impose his title in our Islamic history books, in our Islamic books of hadith, in our Islamic literature. But if we were to wake up to what really happened, and this should be the occasion, this week or these 10 days, should be the prime time of exposing the illegitimacy of our rulers. Whether they are way back in history or whether they are with us today, this is the time to do it. The question is, is anyone doing it? In today's world we have kings that claim to be awliya al-amr wali al-amr a king when it when religious figures speak about a king in today's world they refer to him as wali amrina in the khutbas in mecca in al-madina in other places and then this king has, these are the words, Wali al-Ahd, crown prince. Is there any ayah, is there any consensual hadith that give legitimacy to monarchs, kings, or crown princes, those who inherit power because they were born in the royal family? Where does that come from? Which leads us to the word king or kings in the Quran. This is the time. I'm trying to help out on this occasion. There's an ayah in the Quran that says, إِنَّ الْمُلُوكَ إِذَا دَخَلُوا قَرْيَةً أَفْسَدُوهَا وَجَعَلُوا أَعِزَّةَ أَهْلِهَا أَذِلَّةَ وَكَذَلِكَ يَفْعَلُوهَا In fact, kings or monarchs or emperors, and there's another, a bunch of other descriptions of authoritarians and autocrats. When they enter into a society, they corrupt it. And people who are honorable in that society after these kings enter into, into it become humiliated. That's the way they operate. That's an ayah. Another ayah in Surah Al-Ma'idah says, يَا بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ اُذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ إِذْ جَعَلَ فِيكُمْ أَنْبِيَاءِ 
وَجَعَلَكُمْ مُلُوكًا وَآتَاكُمْ مَا لَمْ يُؤْتِ أَحَدًا مِنَ الْعَالَمِينَ O children of Israel, bear in mind Allah's favors over you as He designated out of you prophets and muluk. That's the same word. In one surah it says, إِنَّ الْمُلُوكَ إِذَا دَخَلُوا قَرْيَةَ أَفْسَدُوهَا In this one, the same word appears to have a good connotation, a good meaning to it. He has made out of you the children of Israel. He has made out of you prophets and muluk. وَآتَاكُمْ مَا لَمْ يُؤْتِ أَحَدًا مِنَ الْعَالَمِينَ He's given you whatever he has not given anyone else of all the peoples in the world. This invites us. I have to check myself. This invites us to think. And this is the occasion in which these types of thoughts have to be worked out in our minds. But what do we have on this occasion? You will notice, just be as impartial and selfless as possible and observe what goes on in some of the cultural contexts. Forget about the word culture for the moment because some people misunderstand that. In some of the inherited contexts or some of the customary customs. How is this Ashura observed? You will see, number one, there is an abundance of emotions and there's a lack of ideas. That has to be reversed. We need more ideas than we need emotions on this occasion. In addition to that, you will notice in some observances that there is a a facade to it. There's a show to it, but there is no substance in it. In some other observances, you will see that people will eat and eat and they will drink and drink and then Imam al-Hussein alayhi salam he died because one of the con- contributors to his death was thirst no access to water in some of these observances you will see our sisters, our mothers, our daughters, our women folk. You will see them competing with each other, trying to serve the best chocolates, fruits, drinks, like tea and coffee and whatnot. In some of these observances, I'm not trying to knock the occasion down. I am trying to filter it. In some of these, you will see that people show up fancy. They look pretty good. You wish you had your camera with you. If they could only see Imam al-Husayn and his followers, how did they look on this day, at this time? Were they fancy? Were they dressed up? 
They had perfume on. In some of these observances, the time of Salah comes and everyone is so worked up and emotional that forget about Salah at this moment. We are in another stage. Ashura has become an occasion. Instead of Ashura being an attitude and a behavior, it's become an occasion. Just like Hajj has become an occasion. Hajj is no longer an attitude and behavior. Just an occasion. That's what we have nowadays. Imam al-Husayn, alayhi salam, has become a symbol of what? He's on this time at this time. He's become a symbol of people who are crying, crying. Al Imam Al Hussein. They hit themselves. Some of them. I'm not saying everyone here. Please, let's simmer down and think about reality. I'm, I'm trying to bring experiences of life to your attention. Some of these people, they take a sharp object, it could be a knife, a dagger, a sword, whatever it is, and they strike themselves on the head. And blood begins to run down their face. This occasion has become a sad occasion of tragic proportions. Wouldn't you think that all of these could be substituted with the knowledge that makes us confident of who we are and where are we going in life? Shouldn't this occasion give us direction? and raise our morale instead of soaking us in tears and in a type of withdrawal from real life. On some of these occasions, and I under, underline the word some, in some of these occasions, the observances continue past Fajr time. And when Salat al-Fajr Fajr is announced, some people don't care. And then after, in some of these instances, after the whole observance is over, there's a lot of trash around. Can't we just learn the simple etiquette of putting the refuse and the, the disposables that we have where they belong instead of being on the floor or in the yard or wherever it is? There, there has been some studies of what you may call artificial pain artificial pain there's been a study about this in the societies of the world we or some of the Muslims who observe Ashura are guilty of artificial pain. I know it's a loaded phrase, but that happens to be a humble description of what is going on. Let me give you instances in other societies of the world where we have... No one knows about Imam al-Hussein in these other societies. No one! They're not Muslims, 
except for one instance I will mention, but all the others they know nothing about it. Ashura. The American Indians in this continent, what they used to do is they used to endure pain and suffering impose pain and suffering on their children when they reach the age of maturity. At that time, when they're going to step into their manhood, they impose on them certain types of pain to prove their manhood and their fitness to go to battle. How did they do this? They put holes in their bodies. And sometimes they would, through those holes, they would hang the body to a tree for hours or even for days. This is what is called artificial pain. They're doing it in themselves because they want to prove themselves to their gods. This is one way they are proving themselves to their gods. You go from this continent, you go to the Amazon in South America, and you go to some societies in Africa. And there are occasions where there are, there's a group of people enduring pain. And the rationalization is that they are, let me say it with the Islamic terminology, taqarruban ilallah. They do this so that they prove to themselves that they are moving closer to Allah. What do they do? They may use fire. They may use sharp objects, inflict pain on their body with either fire or sharp objects to do what? Why are they doing this? Because they say they are killing the lust and the desire in their internal selves. Some of them would experiment with poison how much poison they can take before they die. And some of them even used acidic soil to cover all of their body, including their private parts. And when they do all of this, they say, we are doing it because we are obeying or we are subjecting ourselves to the satisfaction of our deities. That's called artificial pain. In Australia, that's another continent in the world. In Australia, there are those tribes whose family of the deceased, what do they do? And also some of his friends, they would plant sharp instruments or objects in their skulls and they would cut their legs with these instruments and the women would be crying all around this occasion they are doing this taqarruban ilallah however the definition of allah is in their culture, in their language, in their society. We even have, and I've seen this many, many years ago, we even have some quote-unquote Sufi traditions in which also as a matter of proving their obedience or their closeness to Allah, they'll take a sheesh, a uh, uh, thin iron rod, a sheesh, they'll, they'll take that, seek, they'll take that 
put it in one cheek, drive it into their mouth, and then it comes out of the other cheek. And they say they are doing this because this is exactly their words. They are men of Allah. In India, another place of the world, all of this is artificial pain. It's withdrawal from the real world. We have real pain in this world. We have to combat real pain with real pain. How did this artificial pain come into this? There are those in India, and I probably you've seen this, here, there, wherever, TV, in a magazine. They walk on ambers of fire. There's a line like a path that has ambers of fire and they begin to walk on it until they reach the other side. I don't know, 10, 20, 30 meters away. Artificial pain. And then you come to the Christian world. And in it you have on Good Friday, what is called Good Friday, during the, the 40 days of Lent, just before Easter, in certain societies, cultures around the world, the Philippines, Italy, Spain, Latin America, you have people literally putting nails through their hands and their feet on a tree or on a cross. Artificial pain once again. We are supposed to be students of Allah and His Prophet. Where did this come? How did this, how did this make inroads into us? And we substituted real pain with artificial pain. How did this happen? If you want to prove that you are near and dear to Allah and His Prophet and His household, Go counter real pain with real pain. That's the lesson of an Imam al Hussein alayhi salam. Can you do that? Or you want to hide, withdraw yourself into a smothering emotionalism, as is the case all around? I thought I could check myself, but I, my voice got high because it hurts. It hurts because. The sacrifice was tremendous and then those who say that they are aware of the occasion have not learned the elementary lesson from it. أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ودعوه سبحانه وأنتم على يقين بالإجابة وتوبوا إلى الله إن الله تواب رحيم الحمد لله بجميع المحامد على جميع النعم وصلى الله وسلم على المبعوث خيرا ورحمة وهدى لكافة الأمم محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم Dear committed brothers and sisters, dear observant Muslims If we want to make a transition from 14 centuries ago to today, to our time. Isn't it about time that we can explain why we have a legitimate ruler as opposed to having an illegitimate ruler? How many times you calculate every year, You, some Muslims, they commemorate the birth of Imams and the death of Imams. How many times in your lifetime have you pr been present at the commemorations here? And after all of this, 
calculate everything you have in yourself and say to yourself, can you step out into the public mind? doesn't have to be Muslim. It doesn't have to be non-Muslim. Whatever the public mind is out there, step out into it and explain to them who's a legitimate ruler and who's an illegitimate ruler. If you didn't gain the information and the knowledge from going to these commemorations just to explain who's a legitimate ruler and who's not a legitimate ruler, then that's quite a comment on all of the occasions that you have been to. In today's world, we made the transition from 14 centuries ago to today. Today we have the same type of illegitimate rulers that we had then. Muslims are still having difficulty identifying Umawi kings and Abbasi kings. These were less than legitimate rulers. And we still have difficulty explaining this. In the land of Islam and the land of Allah's Prophet, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and his. The big news now is the king has signed on to a decree that makes it lawful for women to drive a car. Interesting enough, I haven't come across information saying whether it's lawful for women to ride a bicycle or a motorcycle. No one has spoken about that yet. But anyways, they say, some of these news items say this law will go into effect about 10 months or so from now. And now everyone is gearing up and they want to drive and this is the big issue and the big subject of the day. This is how illegitimate rulers behave. إِنَّ الْمُلُوكَ إِذَا دَخَلُوا قَرْيَةً أَفْسَدُوهَا وَجَعَلُوا أَعِزَّةَ أَهْلِهَا أَذِلَّةً وَكَذَلِكَ يَفْعَلُونَ Their big crime, they've taken scholars, they've taken people who they suspect will not tow the Zionist imperialist line, and they threw them in prison a couple of weeks ago, and to cover their crime now, they came up with the media ploy. This is a media demonstration of their devious character. They're telling us now they're given. And no, listen, this happened. This is the last country in the world that permits a woman to drive. All other countries in all other continents of the world permit women to drive. This is an indictment of their practice of Islam. They want us to be convinced and public opinion to be convinced that they are the custodians of the two harams in Mecca and in Al-Madinah when they violate the heart of Islam. Okay, they, this is a legal issue. They gave the right, they gave the legal right for a woman to drive a car. Is that going to change their character and their attitude? In their hearts, do they still honor women? Are they appreciative? And are they as cognizant of Hajar and Khadija and Fatima? Is there love in their hearts and in their lives for these women? Do they know that the Prophet, between him, his receiving revelation, and his implementation of revelation was his dear wife, Khadija? Or these are naqisatu aqlin wadeen. They say they... These are, this is in the literature. The literature they depend on. And they teach. And they indoctrinate. 
They say women are deficient in their minds and in their practice of deen. And the Prophet of Allah, they say this is a hadith from Allah's Prophet. How do they combine this hadith with the Prophet in Hajjatil Wada' when he said, An-nisa'u rijal ma akramahunna illa kareem wa ma ahanahunna illa la'im Another ayah in the Quran that says, La yudhi'u ajra amala amilin minkum min dhakarin aw untha ba'dukum min ba'd this is what we have. This is the real illegitimate rulers of our day. You want to speak about 14 centuries ago? Where were the equivalents of the Zionist forces and the imperialist forces? How did they relate to the Shahada of Imam Al Hussein alayhi salam? Ha, were they absent? There was no world power at that time. There was no intrigue. Where did they go? Why doesn't anyone mention them? Why why are our minds blank? It's about time we did something about it. Last week, there was no bid'ah for the ruling clan in the Arabian desert to observe their national holiday. They have a national holiday. And they had musical uh, instruments and they had dancing and all of this stuff. They had it, obviously, after they took the opposition away and threw their own opposition inside their own prisons. We have to outgrow, we have to surpass the stagnant condition that we are in. One of the miscellaneous news items that came my way in the past week or so, an anchorman on one of the Egyptian TV stations was relieved of his responsibilities, of his job. Why? Because he brought one of the guests to his program that gave what amounts to a fatwa. This is where we are. Listen closely, brothers and sisters. A fatwa, a legal opinion, this person from the Azhar University gives a fatwa that it is permissible to have sex with with your dead wife. Look at what is happening to us all over the world. We are a bleeding body. We are a dislocated body. We are a body that is being tortured and killed with many means and methods. And then this is what we're talking about, a fatwa like this. On, and before that, remember a couple of years ago, another one of these so-called scholars, so they call themselves, he gave another legal opinion that it is permissible because an issue was brought up in Egyptian society. We have men and women working in the same office. And women don't feel very comfortable observing their Islamic code of dress in the presence of men, non-family men, in the office. So a brilliant, quote-unquote, a brilliant scholar came up with the idea that these women should breastfeed these men so that they become mahrams. This is the real world. We are. This is no joke. It's funny, but it's not a joke. This is where we are in the real world. We have a lot to do. And obviously, we're not going to have a good time trying to ab- achieve our objectives. 
This whole affair is in Allah's hands. وَمَنْ يَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ حَسْبُهُ نِعْمَ الْمَوْلَى وَنِعْمَ الْحَسِيبُ اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه ولا تجعله ملتبسا علينا واجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم اهدنا فيمن هديت وعافنا فيمن عافيت وتولنا فيمن توليت وبارك لنا فيما أعطيت وقنا شر ما قضيت فإنك تقضي ولا يقضى عليك وإنه لا يذل من واليت ولا يعز من عاديت تباركت ربنا وتعاليت فلك الحمد على ما قضيت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك وصلى الله على محمد وآل محمد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر